Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. You know, every state gives birth to great entertainers who end up becoming megastars and some become falling stars. Let's take a look at the state Massachusetts, right? They had artists like New Edition, New Kids on the Block, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Ray Benzino and Made Men, Aerosmith, Donna Summer, Guru from Gangstar, Megan Trainer, and many more, right? But there was one artist who some say was supposed to be the next big thing coming up in that New Jack Swing era, named Chris Bender. And in 1991, that New Jack Swing sound was dominating the charts. And if Chris Bender would have had the chance to release more albums, during that time period I know he would have been one of the top artists now let's get into his story right now Chris Bender was born August 2nd 1972 in Boston Massachusetts he was the youngest of six children to his father Andrew who was a construction worker and his mother Betty Ann Bender who was a nurse's aide now growing up in Brockton His family was deeply devoted to church, and by the age of 10 years old, Chris realized he had a singing voice. But at that time, his family didn't know he could sing, until one day, he started singing the song Amazing Grace on Thanksgiving Day and had everybody in tears. As a youngster, some of the artists he was influenced by were Michael Jackson, Prince, Marvin Gaye, Sam Cooke and especially New Edition, who came from Boston, which was 20 miles from where he grew up. At the age of 12 years old, he ended up meeting a guy named Bobby Jones, who owned a studio in his neighborhood, and they started to work on music together. Now see, Bobby Jones helped Chris develop his singing voice and would give him advice on and schooling him to the music game, telling him that the girl's gonna go crazy for him but be careful and stay away from the bad boys because they gonna hate and they will not like your music or you. Now see, during that time in the Crescent Court housing projects in Brockton, it was dangerous. It was full of drugs, drug dealers, heavy gang activity, and a lot of violence. And Chris was trying to focus on his music so he could move his family out of there. And Chris, you know, Chris had his share of getting in trouble with the law growing up, and he had a long rap sheet. And at the age of 14, Chris with his two brothers and his two cousins 
formed a singing group called Steady Life and started performing in clubs around their city. But at the age of 16, he was kicked out of Brockton High in the 10th grade after a fight. After his junior year, Chris had enough and dropped out. Now out of school, Chris told his parents he wanted to pursue a music career to escape the street life. Focused on his music, he headed to New York to meet with talent agents and A&Rs and ended up meeting a guy named Earl Williams, who became his manager and got him a deal with Epic Records. In 1989, he released his self-titled album with the debut single titled Baby Girl. But Epic Records really didn't show any support of the album and limited copies of the album were released. And a video for the song Baby Girl was never released so the album really didn't sell anything. And also by him being new to the industry, he got taken advantage of in his contract. But Chris, he never gave up on his dream. He was determined to make it. And that's when he ended up meeting a guy named Terrell Calloway. Now Terrell Calloway was one of the first black promoters to bring a black entertainment market to the white owned clubs in downtown Boston at the time. And him and Chris became close like a big brother, little brother type of relationship. And Chris never told Terrell about his criminal cases or the life he lived in the past because he was trying to put all that behind him. He was ashamed of it. And he feared it might mess up their business relationship because at that time, Chris's criminal record showed a dozen of arrests, including six charges filed in one day after being pulled over for driving without a license, registration, and proof of insurance. He was also being charged for breaking and entering, assault and battery with a deadly weapon, two counts of possession of cocaine with intent to distribute, and for alleged involvement in a drive-by shooting. I mean, that's what the police say anyway, and... They claimed Chris was in a lot of trouble and had cases pending. But anyway, now, with a new manager, Chris went back to work to get a better contract and a better record deal. And he ended up meeting with Sylvia Rome, who was running East West Records at that time. I think at that time, she might have signed uh, In Vogue, Gerald Levert, and Das Effects. And you know, Sylvia Rome loved Chris's music and really believed he was about to be the next big thing. And she signed him to a seven album contract for a half a million dollars. Now, now with a new record deal, Chris hit the studio and began laying down songs with him doing most of the writing. He also moved out of his neighborhood in Brockton and got a place in Waltham after taking his manager's advice to leave the hood. Now, even though Chris left the hood, he was always going back and hanging out because his family and friends were still there. But he was trying to stay out of trouble and straighten up and take his music career to another level. And on July 9th, 1991, Chris released his second album titled Drake, which hit number 92 on the Billboard magazine R&B album chart. The first single I knew peaked at number 43 on the Billboard's R&B singles charts, stand on the charts for 10 weeks, and his second single title, That's Not The Way, broke into the top 70 on the hot R&B singles chart. A couple other songs that the fans loved were Who Will I Choose and Kiss and Make Up. That album, though, it took them on tour. 
Now rising as one of the new top young R&B stars in the industry, Chris was on his way and his record label and his managers was all behind him 100%. But see, Chris was from the streets and he didn't like all that hanging out with the celebrities in the industry. He'd rather go hang out in the hood where he's from. He just felt much more comfortable there. But with success comes hate and jealousy, especially from the cops, believe it or not. The cops are real jealous. Plus, on top of that, the people from the neighborhood. They hated that all the kids looked up to him and he was now doing something positive. And he had a lot of power. And he was also trying to get back into church. But the police took that as him being a gang leader, though. And the hate for him was getting out of control because weeks earlier, he got into a fight with two guys and he filed charges to the police after shots were fired at his car while, while he was driving. His cousin was shot and killed months earlier and another cousin was shot a year before that. He had a lot of beef coming his way. I mean, he had some words with a guy named Sticks and a week later, the guy told Chris's cousin Jesse that he was going to get him and Chris. And on November 3rd, 1991, around 2 a.m. sometime, Chris came to visit his mom and have a bowl of ice cream. Afterwards, Chris and his cousin Jesse were listening to some music, talking and smoking weed in his blue Mercedes Benz when they heard a shot. Then they heard 20 to 30 more shots towards his car from three men in black hoodies. Chris jumped on his cousin, shielded him, protecting him. When it was over, Chris was shot four times in the back once in the torso and in the elbow and later died in the hospital. His cousin that was in the car with him was unharmed. After his death, the police on his case really didn't have too many good things to say about Chris. In the newspaper, they were trying to describe him as a drug dealer. He may have been engaged in illicit activity or someone may have wanted to settle an old score or, may, or he may have stiffed somebody in a drug deal. That's what they said in the newspaper about Chris. But Chris's family say if the cops were doing their job patrolling the police in the area, Chris would probably still be alive. Chris was changing his life and doing positive things at that time. His manager said that the word on the street was that the shooters didn't know Chris was in the car because Chris had tinted windows and it was dark. They just wanted to shoot his car up and the murder was an accident. A week before he was killed, he was supposed to go to Atlanta and start working on his next album. And on November 9th, 1991, over 500 relatives and friends attended and mourned at his funeral. And the police did end up catching those guys though. The suspects, Timothy Lucas, was convicted of second-degree murder in the killing, but was granted parole in January 2015. Eroy Kendall was found guilty of second-degree murder, but was paroled in 2008. Kevin Bynum was found guilty of being an accessory after the fact of second-degree murder and sentenced to five years to seven years in prison. He served that term and was released. Kevin Bynum was found guilty of being an accessory after the fact of second degree murder and sentenced to five to seven years in prison. 
He served that term and was released. And Ernest Lucky Fernandez was convicted of first degree murder also. But you know, Chris Bender's music is still being played today in the 90s throwback mixes. So make sure y'all go check his music out on YouTube and all the digital platforms. And also um, his nephew, Chris Bender, who was named after him, is doing, doing his thing in gospel music. So, you know, check him out. He sounds good, man. He sounds real good. That's his nephew. His name is Chris Bender also. You know the rapper Trick Daddy sampled uh, Chris Bender's uh, single, Who Will I Choose for his song Hold On, on his www.thug.com album, which was certified gold. And I really hope, I really hope the family do a biopic on him because... A lot of up-and-coming artists could really learn from Chris Bender's story. I really believe that. I think a lot of a lot of the young artists can can learn from his story. He was 19 years old. R.I.P. Chris Bender. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today.